Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have the last two weeks been working through the anaphora, the offering to God that is the Eucharist, our thanksgiving to God. How we ascend with the angels and sing with the angels in the presence of God, in His very presence. How we cry out with the Sanctus, with the Hosanna to the God of hosts to save us. And that He has done so in the sending and giving of His Son who gave up Himself for the life of the world. And we do all of this, especially on Sundays, because we have been given a command by Jesus to remember. Yes, we gather on Sundays to pray, to worship, to be renewed, to be encouraged, but we come together because we have actually been commanded to do so, because we have been told that we should remember that we should do this in remembrance of him, that specifically of offering up bread and wine, that Jesus commanded us to put forth this bread and wine, to offer it up to God, and then not just to pray over it, but also to eat and drink of it, that this entire movement is what we do in remembrance of him. This whole movement of remembrance starts early in the prayers of the anaphora. Because what are we doing as we call to remind to our memory all that God has done for us? That he has created us. That he has sent his son, Jesus Christ. And then we recall specifically the night in which he was betrayed. The priest prays, who has so loved the world to give thine only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, who when he had come and fulfilled all the dispensation for us, and the night in which he was given up, or rather gave himself up for the life of the world, took bread in his holy, pure, and blameless hands, and we had given thanks and blessed it and hallowed it and broken it, He gave it to his holy disciples and apostles, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, for the remission of sins. And the people of God respond, Amen. The priest continues, And likewise, after supper, he took the cup, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood which is shed for you, of the blood of the New Testament which is shed for you, and for the remission of sins. And the people again respond, Amen. We call to mind through this movement of the offering to God, our creation, the advent, the coming of Jesus. And then we hone in specifically on the night in which Christ, with his holy, pure, and blameless hands. I love the zeroing in here. For us to remember his specific hands, holy hands, pure hands, blameless hands that is about to offer up bread and wine 
which will have within it his own pure, holy, blameless body and blood. This night in which Christ gives this bread and this cup to his disciples and apostles was already a night of great significance. What was the feast that they were keeping? The Passover. What is the Passover? When the great feasts of Israel, what does it celebrate? Remember, yes, remembrance. The Exodus, the crossing over, right? This is on the eve of their deliverance from Egypt after having gone through the slavery of Egypt, after having all of the mighty works of God that has worked so that Egypt will release them, God commands them to take a lamb, to slaughter it. What do they do with the blood? They, they sprinkle it on the, the door frame, right? Because the angel of death is going to be passing by. They take a branch of hyssop and they sprinkle the blood of the lamb on the door frame. What do they do with the rest of the lamb? Do they boil it? They burn it up. They roast the lamb because they must eat it. What are they doing? What, how are they dressed? Do you all remember how they're dressed? They're girded up, right? Because they know that they are about to embark. They're having a meal of the lamb, an echo of the sacrifices of Israel, that they themselves then are not just on that night in anticipation, just like the night in which our Lord gave himself to his apostles in the bread and the wine, but that they were then, that wasn't just the only night. What were they supposed to do after that? In perpetuity, they are to come together annually to do the Passover, right? This is what our Lord in coming and himself offering himself as the lamb. He asked the disciples, his apostles, go prepare a place in the upper room. They are to go into that upper room and they are to remember God's work of salvation. This is what they did. They gathered around the table. And in ritual remembrance of God's deliverance of, e of Israel from Egypt, they ate bitter herbs, they ate of the roasted lamb, and they told themselves, they told and narrated the story of God's deliverance. Because the reality of this remembrance is not just the fact that God led Israel out of Egypt, but that God is always delivering Israel from Egypt. Just read the Psalms. He is delivering you from Egypt. Because the meal that we participate in, that they participated in, is not just a simple remembrance. It's not just something that we call to mind. Because as our Lord was sitting there that evening with that particular Passover meal, he transforms it, he fulfills it, gives it its ultimate meaning. It is no longer just the fact of God delivering Israel from Egypt historically. We now have God himself delivering us 
from the great tyrant, death. And this is for all time that he does this. This is not, I think, a lot of us, especially because we're in America and it's just in the water, it's just how we're raised. Uh, Many of us, the way that we came to the Lord's Supper was it was a remembrance, right? Very specifically, this is just a memory, right? This is why you could do it quarterly, maybe once a year, because at the heart of it, for many Protestants, not all, it is just a recall. But for us, when we sit down at this table, when we call to mind, we're not just calling to mind, but we are making, through the invocation of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ himself to be present. That the meal is transformed That the bread that is offered is truly his broken body, broken for our forgiveness. That the wine that is offered in the chalice is truly the shed blood, the blood of the new covenant, the body and blood of the Lamb of God, so that death passes over. This is then given not just Uh, once just with the disciples and apostles but this was an apostolic act that we see continued throughout the book of Acts but we especially hear it from Paul for he received he was given the tradition that this is what the Christians did this is what St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians for I received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death Till he comes. This is a meal. It is a ritual act, and that's not to downplay it. It is a sacramental act that we eat and that we drink. That Christ's presence as the head of the table, the one who offers his own body and blood as commemoration, as sign, as participation in his own sacrifice. The technical Greek word that I'm going to throw out here, anamnesis. This is the recall. This is the actual participation in the reality of the Last Supper. This is why we call it the mystical supper. Because we, like the apostles and the disciples, gathered in that upper room, we receive truly his body broken, his blood shed. The partaking of this holy body and his holy blood is as the fathers teach the medicine of immortality. St. Ignatius of Antioch tells us that in the breaking of the same bread, this one bread given to us by the bishops 
those who follow after the apostles. This is the medicine of immortality. It is the antidote to prevent us from dying so that we should live forever in Jesus Christ. In baptism, we are baptized into the death of Christ. We put to death the old man. It is in chrismation that the Holy Spirit is then applied to us, that we can now appropriate the life of Christ. We die in baptism. We are then given the Holy Spirit in chrismation so that we may grow up into the fullness of Christ. And it is in the Eucharist that we continue to feed upon the life-giving body and blood of Christ because he is the resurrected one. This is the reality that we will call down by the Holy Spirit that will be upon this very altar. That God himself, Jesus Christ, will be present, body and blood. This is something that it's so easy for us to register and then move to the back of our head. But what an incredible miracle of God that we feast not with the dead one, but with the living one, the immortal one, that what we feast upon, what is given to us is medicine for our soul and body, that we actually need the medicine to enter into us to transform this body that's going to die. That is going to give us the ability to live with him forever. The fathers of the first ecumenical council confessed at the divine table, we should not see simply the bread and the cup which have been offered, but raising our minds on high, we should with faith understand that on the sacred table lies the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, who is offered as a sacrifice by the priests, and truly receiving his precious body and blood, we should believe that this is a sign of our resurrection. This same truth is expressed at the Synod of Jerusalem, the Confession of Dositheos, in 1672. I wonder why they had to get together in 1672 to clarify a few things. What happened in the world of Christendom uh, within a few decades previous to that? Calvin, yes. The Protestant Reformation. This came into the Orthodox Church. This particular expression of the faith of the fathers was because there was a particular hierarch who was going around teaching Calvinism. That might blow your mind, but it's true. So the fathers had to come together and say, No, Cyril, you're not right. This is what we believe. They came together specifically speaking about the Eucharist. We believe that in this sacred rite, our Lord Jesus Christ is present, not symbolically, not figuratively, but truly and actually. So that after the sanctification of the bread and wine, the bread is changed, transubstantiated, converted, transformed into the actual true body of the Lord who was born in Bethlehem of the ever-Virgin, was baptized in the Jordan, suffered, was buried, resurrected, ascended, sits at the right hand of God the Father, and is to appear in the clouds of heaven, 
and the wine is changed and transubstantiated into the actual true blood of the Lord, which at the time of his suffering on the cross was shed for the life of the, wor- life of the world. Yet again, we believe that after the sanctification of the bread and wine, there remains no longer the bread and wine themselves, but the very body and blood of the Lord under the appearance and form of bread and wine. In response to the Lutherans, the Calvinists, and other various Protestant groups, the church came together and expressed very clearly that in remembering and recalling, this is not just a memory, but that this is, in the anamnesis, the actual showing forth, the change, the presence of God himself, the body, as the fathers say, that was born in Bethlehem, that was baptized in the Jordan, that suffered, buried, resurrected, and that will come again. This is what you will receive in Holy Communion. It is truly the body and blood of Christ. Let that sink in. If it goes to the back of our mind, let us again and again bring forward the awesome reality that God himself feeds us himself. This is what he desires, that we live into the glory of God, man fully alive, as St. Irenaeus tells us. And the way that he gives that to us is through the reception of Holy Communion, done with discernment, done with faith, so that we may receive the medicine of immortality, so that our bodies themselves are slowly but surely being transformed, so that when he calls us up and resurrects us, our bodies are with us, because they are us, so that we will stand in those exact clouds with our Lord to reign beside him throughout all of the ages. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.